Good afternoon. Wow. We are on chapter 21. So welcome, welcome back to chapter 21 of Five Go Off in a Caravan. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think there's only cha chapters uh, 22 and 23 to go and we have finished the book. Oh, my goodness me. We are getting through these books very, very quickly, aren't we? So, let's crack on with chapter 21. And thank you for joining me. Chapter 21 is called Dick Has a Great Idea. Listen, said Dick in an urgent voice. It may be Pongo by himself. He may not have gone back to the camp at all. He may have wandered about and at last gone down the entrance hole by the caravans and came up behind Tiger Dan. If so, he won't have much chance because Lou's got a gun and he'll shoot him and we shan't be rescued. So I'm going to slip down the tunnel while there's a chance and hide in a big cave. Well... What good will that do, said Julian. Well, idiot, I may be able to slip down into the passage that leads to the entrance hole and hop out without the others seeing me, said Dick, getting up. Then I can fetch help, see? You'd better all clear off somewhere and hide. Find a good place, Julian, in case the men come after you when they find one of us is gone. Go on. <clears throat> without another word, the boy began to walk down the tunnel past the rocky shelf on which now very few goods were left and then came to the enormous cave. Well, here there was an enormous noise going on for Pongo appeared to have got hold of both men at once. Their torches were out and Lou did not dare to shoot for fear of hurting Dan. Dick could see very little of this. He could only hear snarlings and shouting. He took a wide course around the heaving heap on the floor and made his way as quickly as he could in the dark to where he thought a hole was that led down into the first passage. He had to go very carefully for fear of falling down it. He found it at last and let himself down into the cave below. And then, thinking it safe to switch on his torch in the passage, he flashed it in front of him to show the way. It wasn't long before he was out of the hole and was speeding round the caravans. Then he stopped. A thought struck him. He could fetch help all right, but the men would be gone by then. They'd laid their plans for a getaway with all the goods. There was no doubt about that. Suppose he put the boards over the hole ramming them in with all his strength and then rolled some heavy stones on top. He couldn't move the caravan over the boards for it was far too heavy for one boy to push. But heavy stones would probably do the trick. The men would imagine that it was the caravan overhead again. In great excitement, Dick put back the boards, lugging them into place, panting and puffing. Then he flashed his torch around for stones there were several small rocks nearby. He could not lift them, but he managed to roll them to the boards. Plonk! They went onto them one by one. Now nobody could move the boards at all. 
Okay, so I know I've shut the others in with the men, thought Dick, but I hope Julian will find a very safe hiding place just for a time. Whew, gosh, I'm hot. Now down the hill I go and I hope I don't lose my way in the darkness. Down below, the two men had at last freed themselves from the very angry chimpanzee. They were badly bitten and mauled, but Pongo was not quite as strong and savage as usual because of his bad head wound. The men were able to drive him off at last and he went limping in the direction of the tunnel, sniffing out the children. He would certainly have been shot if Lou could have found his revolver quickly enough, but he could not find it in the dark. He felt about for his torch and found that although it was damaged, he could still put on the light by knocking it once or twice on the ground. He shone it on to Dan. We ought to have looked out for that ape when we saw he was gone, growled Dan. He'd bitten his rope through. We might have known he was somewhere about. He nearly did for me, leaping on me like that out of the darkness. It was lucky he flung himself onto my sack and not me. Right, just let's get the last of the things and clear out, said Lou, who was badly shaken up. There's only one more load. We'll get back to the tunnel, scare the life out of those kids once more, shoot Pongo if we can and then clear out. We'll chuck a few tins of food down the hole and then close it up. I am not going to risk meeting that chimp again, said Dan. We'll leave the rest of the things. Come on, let's go. To be honest, Lou was not particularly anxious to see Pongo again either. Keeping his torch carefully switched on and his revolver ready, he followed down to the hole that led down to the first cave. Down they went and then along the passage, eager to get out into the night and go with their wagon down the track. However, they got a terrible shock when they found that the hole was closed. Lou shone his torch upwards and gazed in amazement at the underside of the boards. Someone had put them back into place again. They were prisoners now. Tiger Dan went mad. One of his furious rages just overtook him and he hammered those boards like a madman. But the heavy stones held them down and the raging man dropped down beside Lou. Can't budge the boards. Someone must have put the caravan overhead again. We're prisoners. But who's made us prisoners? Who's put back those boards? shouted Lou, almost beside himself with fury. Could those kids have slipped by us when we were having that fight with the chimp? We'll go and see if the kids are still there, said Tiger Dan grimly. We'll find out. We'll make them very, very sorry for themselves. Come on. The two men went back again to the tunnel. The children were not there. 
Julian had taken Dick's advice and had gone off to try and find a good hiding place. He had suddenly thought that perhaps Dick might get the idea of shutting up the entrance hole, in which case he knew the two men would certainly be furious. So up the tunnel the children went and into the cave with the stream. It seemed absolutely impossible to find any hiding place there at all. I, I just don't see where we can hide, said Julian, feeling rather desperate. It's no good wading down that stream again. We shall only get wet and cold and we have no escape from there at all if the men should come after us. I can hear something, said George suddenly. Put your light out, Julian, quick. The torch was snapped off and the children waited in the darkness. Timmy didn't growl. Instead, George felt that he was wagging his tail. It's someone friendly, she whispered. Over there, perhaps it's Pongo. Put the light on again. The light flashed out and picked out the chimpanzee who was coming towards them across the cave. Nobby gave a cry of joy. Here's old Pongo again, he said. Pongo, did you go to the camp? Did you bring help? No, he hasn't been down to the camp, said Julian, his eyes catching sight of the notes still tied round the chimpanzee's neck. There's our letters still on him. Oh, blow. He's clever, but not clever enough to understand a difficult errand like that, said George. Oh, Pongo. And we were depending on you. Oh, never mind, perhaps Dick will escape and bring help. Julian, where shall we hide? Up the stream, suddenly said Anne. We've tried going down it, but we haven't tried going up it. Do you think it would be any good? We could see, said Julian, doubtfully. He didn't really like this business of wading through water that might suddenly get deep. I'll shine my torch up the stream and see what it looks like. He went to the stream and shone his light up the tunnel from which it came. It seems as if we might walk along the ledge beside it, he said, but we'd have to bend almost double and the water runs so fast just here that we must be careful not to slip and fall in. I'll go first, said Nobby. You go last, Julian. The girls can go in the middle with Pongo and Timmy. He stepped onto the narrow ledge inside the rocky tunnel just above the rushing water. Then came Pongo, then Anne, then George and Timmy, and last of all, Julian. But just as Julian was disappearing, the two men came into the cave, and by chance Lou's torch shone right on to the vanishing Julian. He gave a yell. There's one of them! Look over there! Come on! The men ran to where the stream came out of the tunnel and Lou shot his torch up it. He saw the line of children with Julian last of all. He grabbed hold of the boy and pulled him back. 
and yelled when she saw Julian being pulled back. Nobby had a dreadful shock. Timmy growled ferociously and Pongo made a most peculiar noise. Now look here, came Lou's voice. I've got a gun and I'm going to shoot that dog and they, that chimp if they so much as put their noses out of here. So hang on to them if you want to save their lives. He passed Julian to Tiger Dan, who gripped the boy firmly by the collar. Lou shone his torch up the tunnel again to count the children. Ha! Ah, there's Nobby, he said. You come on out here, Nobby. If I do, the chimp will come out too, said Nobby. You know that, and he may get you before you get him. Lou thought about that. Hmm... He was afraid of the big champ chimpanzee. You stay up there with him then, he said. But the girl can and the girl can stay with you, holding the dog. But the other boy can come out here. He thought that George was a boy. George didn't mind. She liked people to think she was a boy. She answered at once. I can't come. If I do, the dog will follow me and I'm not going to have him shot. You come on out, said Lou threateningly. I'm going to show you two boys what happens to kids who keep spying and interfering. Nobby knows what happens, don't you, Nobby? He's had his lesson and you two boys are going to have yours. Dan called to him. There ought to be another girl there, Lou. I thought Nobby said there were two boys and two girls. Where's the other girl? Oh, gone further up the tunnel, I suppose, said Lou, trying to see. Now, you boy, come on out. Anne began to cry. Don't go, George, don't go. They'll hurt you. Tell them you're a girl. Shut up, said George fiercely. She added in a whisper, if I say I'm a girl, they'll know Dick is missing and will be all the angrier. Hang on to Timmy. Anne clutched Timmy's collar in her trembling hand. George began to walk back to the cave. But Julian was not going to let George be hurt. He began to struggle. Lou caught hold of George as she came out of the tunnel and at the same moment Julian managed to kick high in the air and knocked Lou's torch right out of his hand. It flew up into the roof of the cave and fell somewhere with a crash. It went out. Now the cave was in darkness. Get back into the tunnel, George, with Anne, yelled Julian. Timmy, Timmy, come on, Pongo, come here. I don't want Timmy to be shot, cried out George in terror as the dog shot past her into the cave. Even as she spoke, a shot rang out. It was Lou, shooting blindly at where he thought Timmy was. George screamed. Oh, Timmy, Timmy, you're not hurt, are you? Well, tomorrow we will find out. Not only what happens next, but if that bullet got anybody. Or anything. Oh my goodness me. Well, until tomorrow.
can we all wait? I hope so. <laughs> oh, well, tomorrow we will hopefully find out everything or not everything quite, but you know what I mean. Um, so I will see you all again tomorrow. Make sure you take care and stay safe. Bye for now.